Morning, Lucasarians. There's uh, your friend, brother, uh, Uncle Lucas. And um, today I'm going to do a little something that might be considered controversial because uh, people don't normally talk about these things, but um, they exist. Um, with Black Lives Matter going on, you know, it's got people always looking at racism as black and white, but um, there's more racism than that. So um, today on Legion of Lucas, we're going to talk about uh, what Black Lives Matter isn't calling out for racism. All right. Uh, I, I asked you to, um, as Samuel Jackson says, hang on to your butts for this one because uh, it's going to not dip a toe in. It's going to get fully engaged in this one, guys. All right. One thing that is unspoken in America is how the litmus test is pretty much done in business, politics, and other things. You never really see that dark, you know, Mother Africa looking guy or woman presented as a face for business or anything else. Um, um, there's a movie called Moonlight um, in which the uh, actor chose, I mean, the person filming this movie chose dark skinned people and used special lighting to show the beauty of a dark skinned person in the movie. Um, late, as of late, uh, if you uh, pay attention to sports, the Los Angeles Lakers just did like a um, photo shoot where they used the same type of thing. And it, it was, it's kind of was, um, kind of was funny that, um, they only had three people that, uh, were, um, anti litmus on their team. Um, so when I say litmus, I mean, um, the old term is, um, lighter than a paper bag. So, uh, it's, it's starting to be this, the litmus thing is starting to be pushed out of um out there is like yo this is racist too but um a lot of things and businesses don't do it um if you ever worked in the restaurant industry there is strong litmus in the restaurant industry there's strong litmus in the hotel and um concierge industry there's strong litmus and also the litmus uh borders on something else i'm gonna talk about and uh, to my Hispanic brothers and sisters, uh, I got to call y'all out a bit because um, here's what uh, you do that is kind of racist. And if any other race did it and you were plagued about it, you would get that business shut down. All right. And uh, white people, uh, you condone this too. And so um, understand that um, you condone this. And some black people condone this uh, or like turn a blind eye to it, but you should be speaking out on it just as much as black, white racism. Uh, when you go into like a, a business and it's a strong, strong Hispanic population. Uh, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm saying when the diversity gets so bad that you can't hire John because John doesn't speak Spanish. Or you can't hire Raheem because Raheem doesn't speak Spanish. But you can hire um, 
Edward because Edward speaks Spanish and he looks black, but he's not black. So you could pose Edward as your token black guy. Uh, so it is done a lot uh, in 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 business, certain um, certain businesses, so they can give the look of um, having the um, demographic completely covered, but really they're just being lazy and hiring. You could walk around the business and it'll be like you'll see whole families in the business and stuff like that, which uh, also brings uh, um, just uh, um, the family and business thing is uh, when you have a, your fam whole family inserted in a business and you say tell um, a, a, a different race that they can't hire, like you can't hire their um, cousin or brother, uh, there's a little racism in that uh, because uh, your genetics are not superior to make you uh, and your family the better workers at that job. No, uh, your genetics and somebody getting hired and keeping his foot in the door is helping you get everybody else through the door. And um, that is a form of bigotry too, my friends. So, well, like, you know, uh, another form of racism, um, I've seen this overseas, uh, Chinese, uh, Asian, uh, and um, South Asian uh, people. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it in Japan. Um, um, I didn't see it in J Japan. I didn't see it um, in like Taiwan area or anything like that. Um, not in Guam. Certainly not in Guam. Uh, shouts out to all my Chamorros. Um, but the Asian people uh, go with the old racist stereotype. That um, black people uh, smell. Uh, you can still see this if you go around some black um, Asian people as a black person. They tend to like lean back, cover their mouths or cover their face, or um, kind of get like distant from you because they think all black people stink. Um, but here's something very funny that I learned. Um, it um. I learned in travel, there's a, I can't recall the place of it. There's a place in China where um, the Asian people look more black than any other race I've ever seen. Um, they'll have the, like, I've seen, like, nappy hair on an Asian person who did not have a single black person in his family, probably for at least four generations, but the primordial... Uh, gene probably came from black people, and then as they divided and like went out further, uh, they just got lighter. Uh, case in point, it's a practice to lighten your skin in Asian culture if you are born and of or of the dark skin variety of Asian. It's done so much so that. Most people don't know that there is a dark skin variety of Asian and uh, Asian families sometimes encourage their children to marry lighter races to uh, pretty much try to kill off that um, darkness 
in their bloodline. And the another racist thing that I've seen in Asia is Asian people uh, consider uh, in, in interracial dating, they don't consider black people because they don't see any business, financial, or, um, you know, um, academic promise or academic uh, aptitude in blacks, which is... Uh, I say, uh, which is um, highly um, wrong if they really, if black history was really taught and you saw all the inventions that you use every day created by black people, there would be two smart races that you could like, you'd always attribute to math. And that would be blacks and Asians. Because the woman that calculated the math to get you to the moon and back that no other other country was able to achieve was a black woman. So, um, just, just got to point out some like, just very, um, blatant things that like are just ruled by stereotypes. Uh, I, um, said something, uh, to a friend, um, and he was so taken by it. I think I might've posted it somewhere, but, um, think of this stereotype, Stereotyping of black people is so, so ingrained and known that in Shakespeare's play, Othello, Othello was stereotyped for being a black man. And it didn't really say it outright that they were stereotyping, but they... Um, said like basically because he was a more he delved in dark things because his skin is dark um, and I think one of the most powerful performances that you would ever get in any courtroom drama with a black man is in Othello the most powerful uh, portrayal of a black man standing up for himself and speaking his truth and winning is a uh, kind of fellow. Uh, he, I, I, I can't quote it to exact, but I used to um, say I did not ensnare this, uh, this. I did not ensnare. He said he basically did not ensnare his um, his wife with witchcraft or black magic. Uh, which uh, back in those days they attributed uh, like uh, blacks uh, were <laughs> capable of doing black magic because they were simply black. Uh, and um, that um, blacks um, used uh, the the nail like uh, the, the like Benin. They were trying to, um, he was picking on the Benin culture and voodoo and all that stuff. But uh, in that in that trial of Othello, Othello had to defend himself as a black man against his peers that he had led on the battlefield. That he had like fought beside tooth and nail to the death and made sure that they made it home. Another story that Othello kind of mimics is the story of Jesus. 
the story of Jesus sometimes um uh sometimes gets looked at as um just the story of um you know of a guy giving uh, the greatest sacrifice ever but there's a movie called The Color of Christ uh it's made by a French gentleman I can't really call his name but uh it used every straight literal reference from the Bible and painted uh, the Nazarene as them like saying, oh, because um, many times in the Bible it does say, uh, oh, the Savior can't come from Nazareth. It was saying that the area that Jesus came from was uh, synonymous with um, black Jews. So it was saying every time that when somebody said the Savior came from there, any Jewish person would be like, no, nah, the Savior couldn't come from there because that was an area of black people. So he used that premise uh, in the movie and painted uh, Jesus as being black. And I, I, I challenge you to watch this movie, Color of Christ, because if you ever really like, couldn't understand like why his own people would persecute him and why his own people would stand there and let him get beaten almost to death walk carried across heckling him put a thorn of briars upon his head and um doing all of this i challenge you to like look at it through a different i'm not like gonna stand here and say i'm saying the color of jesus is black but this, if you take, if if I took somebody um, who never heard of the Christian religion, um, never really had anything to do with any religion, and I told them uh, this story, and I asked them, um, like, told them the story, and I asked them today, what color would you picture Jesus? They probably would say black. If you think about the story of Jesus with all the Black Lives Matter stuff going on, all the, you know, killing of young black men, you can kind of you can kind of frame it up in that um standpoint uh because it doesn't seem that far-fetched then that like why would Jews kill their own people because they didn't consider him their people it offended them that he was saying he was the savior now think about that if a black man walked into the church into a church right now and said I am Jesus if it was a white church, they would kick him out. If a black person stood next to a white church with a sign saying Jesus is black, he would be arrested. So it's not too far-fetched to think of it in that, that, that light. But, you know, I'm not going to ruin a good movie. I, Color of Christ, uh, very, very, very good movie. Um, check it out. Um, I can't remember the um, 
the gentleman's name, but uh, it's uh, made by uh, a black, uh, the, the guy who actually made it plays Christ in it, um, a black gentleman, and a um, French guy, and it was, it's, it's very thought-provoking. And it, it probably pretty much hits it, um, hits it on the head for me because when I sat back and really, um, really watched it, I was like, you know, I never thought of it in that, 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 that frame, but having read the Bible cover to cover, I can tell you that like when I, I, I looked at it like that, I kind of like, was, yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense like that to see it like that. Because uh, here, here's another thing. Uh, most of Jesus' disciples were kind of different from him. So here's the, the thing. On the night that he was captured and like stuff like that, uh, they were all like most of them were denying him or ran from him or fled and left him alone. And the thing is like this, if, if you're thinking of like Jesus had nowhere to hide, it would be easy to pick Jesus out in a crowd, I guess. Um, and even Peter didn't like like. You know, like if you think of it in in that term, and that, and that reference is kind of like man, you know, or like this. Um, you got. I'm not gonna like. I'm not really referencing Tukey Williams, but let's use Tukey for this example. Pontius Pilate. Let's say like the Tukey situation, where um, Tukey Williams uh a gangbanger um, uh, that murdered uh, some people or redeemed himself while on death row, even won the Nobel, almost won the Nobel. I don't know if he might have won the Nobel Prize, uh, a Nobel Prize or a Nobel Award. Uh, and um, um, the movie Redemption is about him. Jamie Foxx played um, in it. Um, but the gentleman, um, what, like, up until the last very minutes of uh, his uh, stay for execution, um, they were like trying everything under their power to to, um, to get him a stay of execution because he said he had like, I believe that um, um, me personally that if a death row inmate uh, reforms to a point uh, where many people can look at him and say he's not the same man that committed that crime, then I think he should just be um, taken from death row and put as a, as life imprisonment. One, he's not going to get out anyway. Two, uh, you know, who are we to like say that somebody deserves to die for um, the death of somebody else? I get it. I get the death penalty sometimes in some cases, but I believe that, um, personal belief, I'm getting sidetracked here a little bit, but I believe that the death penalty sometimes should just be, uh, remanded down to, um, life after some point and certain review, 
I believe it should be a review before every uh, person gets up, like, up before their execution to uh, either get it dropped to a life sentence. Uh, and there should be somebody that, if they're going to still try to give the death sentence, that should have to make a strong case to why. And I believe that um, people should, on death row, should sit on death row for at least 10 to 10 years before their death because it gives them a chance to actually uh, atone for the life they took. I say if you're going to kill somebody within four months of them being on death row, um, you might as well just kill them in the courtroom when you're sentenced them to death. That's me personally. But back to my thing. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger had um, the opportunity to pardon him as the governor. And um, up until the final minutes, he didn't. And um, the governor just, um, you know, pretty much just said, um, I'm going to let him do what they got to do. And he did. And he was executed. But, like, if you think of this, at some point before they, he, like, Pontius Pilate knew that they wanted Jesus dead. So, in his, like, not wanting to have his hands dirtied or sullied in this, he offered them a career criminal and murderer. And um, they didn't, they said they'd rather have uh, Jesus beat than this murderer. Now, if I had to put, if I gave that story to anybody, I'm pretty sure if I told him to give a race of the either two, uh, how it would play. So, I'm just saying there's certain things that, like, that black people get as a bad rap. Um, being criminal is one of them. Um, people uh, often think that most black people uh, deal drugs or are drug heads, you know, or and stuff like that, are, are just always about, you know, foolishness and ignorance. Uh, they, they see thug life as just uh, causing havoc. Uh, like, uh, basically, like, uh, we're black, uh, the black, we're, black people are by nature anarchists. Uh, it's in spirit. Uh, just always seeking for chaos in something. That's why uh, sometimes when you're in a place, I've seen a group, a church group of um, black youths, um, you know, come up into an area where it was pretty much mixed populations, but I watched the other races scatter from them like they were going to um, start a big problem and stuff, but like the the best part about this, it was, um, I don't know, can't recall where I was at. It was in New York, and it was around Christmas time. But these young men launched into a Christmas carol, and then the people that was walking away and stuff like that came back, and not only did they hear a beautiful song of Fall on Your Knees, uh, 
they had a little bit of uh, humble pie. Um, but that's what this segment is about today. Because uh, another thing that isn't told in um, by Black Lives Matter is there are racist black people. There are black people that are racist against Hispanics. There are black people that are racist against Asians. There are black people that are racist against um, whites. And there are black people that are judgmental of other black people on education, on class, on youth, on being an elder, but every other race has that too. But I'm, I told y'all I'm not dipping a toe in today. I'm, I'm, I'm getting fully in it, you know. So my question is that I, I want to pose is, um, when have you uh, seen something that? You know, oh, and another thing before I like, I really got to talk on this one. Another thing that is really, really uh, Latin people, you really, really, really got to stop doing is using the N-word. I know Latin people that use the N-word more than black people. Uh, And here's the thing. I say it like this. I, I had a co-worker and a friend that used to do it so much that I had to tell him like this. Don't say the N-word unless you're ready to go to the gallows when they said they come in to hang. If somebody came in and grabbed up everybody black and said they got to hang, every came in and said every, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to parse words. I, I'm just going to get into it, guys. Um, if somebody came into, I told him, if somebody come into this, this building right now and said every nigga in here has got to hang and that don't say I'm Latin then don't say oh I'm Hispanic then if you be like oh no my nigga this my nigga that then when that day comes be a nigga don't go speaking Spanish and saying no habla ingres no if you can't fully embrace being black and saying that you could say the n-word because you're black too don't say it if you can't take getting an ass whooping for being black or being considered a nigga don't say it if you can't if you get pulled over by the cops and you get treated fair or they don't treat you uh, rough or disrespect you in your neighborhood and your friend that you call my nigga does maybe you should examine yourself and not call or demean him by calling him that that name, that title, because that title doesn't affect you. 
It only affects him. So if that's your friend, if that's your family, your people, understand that um, by you doing that, you are just perpetrating a stereotype that's just feeding racism. Uh, white people that act black, I'm sorry, you're on notice for this too. Like, don't use any form of it, or don't say I said it with it. I said it. I didn't say it with a with a guh. I've had people say that, and let's just say I've I've, I've like seen people. I've been in groups with people and like. We're listening to music, people singing the song, and then, you know, they just let it fly. I'm like, I've been in, in situations where um, <laughs> it happened, and then it was just me and another black person right beside each other, and we just kind of looked at each other, and like, was silently looking at each other, and black people, if, if you've had these moments, please email me and tell me a story about it, because I'd love to hear it. You ever had somebody use the N-word around you and they're not supposed to use it and there's another black person beside you and y'all are having like the American Idol version of stare down of look at each other and decide if y'all gonna let this go or if y'all finna straighten them out real quick. You have that little look like, oh man, should we cuss him out? Should we whoop his ass? Should we let this slide? He he never really said nothing like this, and I don't I don't think he meant it in a racist way. We can do that in a look. Uh, other races now, if next time if you do it and like if you accidentally do this and look in our face, you will see this internal conversation because um, once the cat's out the bag on this one, uh, it's it's out because uh, we we do do that we. Uh, uh, black people have a way of talking to each other with looks. And if you ever figure this out, you are in for some of the greatest comedy you will ever experience in your life. Because we have looks for dang near everything. But we can look and we not even said, say a word. Uh, I believe this was developed by black people. Jokingly, I'm saying this. I believe this was developed by black people probably back in slavery. When master was doing something and you wanted to like crack a joke or say something smart, but you really couldn't. So all you could do is just look over at your buddy and either twist your lips or either uh, give a look and stuff like that. You know? Oh, man. It's funny, but like I'm getting a little long winded. That just made me think of a look <laughs> uh, like when you're in somewhere and somebody's getting long winded or um Somebody's talking way too much about something that you don't want to hear. And we can say the N-word with a look. So that's why a lot of times you don't see black people like saying it a lot. Because we can say it with a look. I, I, I can look at another black person and be like, nigga. And he can look like, like yeah, nigga. We, yeah, we, can, we can do that in looks. So uh, we don't have to say the word as much as uh, other people. But I, I kind of... Got a little funny, got a little street, uh, you know, today in this in this talk. Um, it might be a little different sound. It's not, I got a little off kilter, but um, I was feeling this subject, and it's uh, something that I've been wanting to speak on. Um, Latin people, I'm sorry if I jumped on y'all too much, but, you know, 
y'all are brothers and stuff out here. Um, y'all been through a, a lot with us, and y'all are enduring racism today and uh, enduring, you know, a bit of slavery modern day uh, with how um, businesses, um, with how um, companies, with how um, the country does uh, illegal immigrants or people um, looking to America for that American dream and stuff. And I, I would like to throw shade at America also for your quiet, unsaid racism in when they were a lighter than the shade paper bag, Statue of Liberty was saying, give me your poor, your tired, your huddled masses. And they were Germans and some former Nazis, some not. Uh, you took them in and took um, absorbed all their science knowledge. That's how we have NASA. You know, uh, French people, Y'all got it a lot earlier because uh, the French people helped train the um, American soldiers. Um, you know, uh, the first, you know, so you know, Irish people, y'all, 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 y'all were once considered, um, you know. Y'all was once considered just to be the, on the same level as the Negro slave. Um, Italians too. Italian people don't even like to talk about the 40 years. Well, no, more than 40. Probably about hundreds and hundreds of years. This is uh, another um, slide on black people because, uh, uh, but I don't think uh, we deserve slavery for this, but uh, we did enslave there have been groups of black people that have enslaved cultures too. Um, you know, that uh, we did it so much in uh, uh, Italy and stuff that we, we changed the skin tone of a whole people. Uh, you know, so just saying um, we all bear weight in racism. Nobody has clean hands. In the pain of slavery, there's a lot of cultures that's been in, like enslaved other people. So nobody really has clean hands. So the best thing we can seek to do as people and as human beings is to be understanding that you know um, that people are different. But that doesn't mean that we have to marginalize and section people off by the color of their skin. And not, and not fully know them by the content of their hearts. Uh, I I didn't know that this was a thing um, uh, until recently. I I, I have a uh, a coworker who is a uh, cisgender, and I didn't know what cisgender was uh, when she said this. I was like, I uh, you know might have got a little unprofessional. I was like, uh, are you a are you a man? And I, I am immediately schooled up on what cisgender is, but I kind of think the notion of what people are doing with this cisgender thing is is pretty cool. Uh, the cisgender thing is basically saying 
when the, whatever the doctor said, that's what I identify as. Now you're saying, wait a second, that means kind of everybody cisgender. Exactly. Um, by saying that I identify as the sex that my doctor um, said I was when the day I was born, it makes it then normal for that person who's saying I identify with being a female and I that was born a male, it makes him saying that as normal as the doctor saying it's a boy or it's a girl. It normalizes um, them without attributing their gender um, by their sexual preference or by um, their sexual orientation. So I thought it was kind of cool. I thought it was kind of like, you know, uh, mental floss, I guess, if you can say, like, uh, and stuff. Um, but I would like to see a job application one day that states, um, are you American? And you just check, yes. You don't have to tell if you're black, white, or Hispanic. They'll see that at the interview. I think that's how every job application in America should be. I don't think you should have to count anybody's race for anything other than counting and to make sure that it's equal across the board for everybody. But I don't think any job that you would want to consider to go to and work should ask you what your race is because that job can't ask you if you're straight or gay. So why can that job ask you what race you are? That's what the I took from the cisgender thing is because uh I think like I took it in like I got to, like when I was talking to the person, I took it and like I said, this could be applied. This way of thinking can be applied to a lot more broader things than just the LGBT community. That kind of thinking can be applied to race and civil rights. Uh, nobody should have to check a job application saying what race you are. If you do, why would you want to work there? Because why does it matter? Unless you need to account for having diversity, which all jobs should have, why do you need that? Only thing you should have on there, are you an American citizen? Yes or no? If yes, are you a male or a female? There you go. But I go on to say this, with times are changing like there are, instead of having, are you a male or female, 
Do you identify as male or female? I think whatever you are in the bathroom stall at work is, is whatever you are. <laughs> if nobody knows, nobody knows. But I believe racism should be abolished with the fact that we are all the same. We are all the same. I think racism will go away because one day all the old prejudiced mind types probably I would just go ahead and balloon it out to say to the oldest American to the young gentleman of probably no more than 22 years old we will all be dead one day and hopefully the generation behind them will be better we'll forget all this because if you look at kids play go look at a kindergarten class of kids playing not once do you see them like divided like Neapolitan ice cream like when you go to a high school not once can you walk and see little pockets of clicks <laughs> Of just one color and stuff like that. No little kid uses the N-bomb. And, unless they were just brought up wrong. Just saying. There's a wonder why it says a child shall lead them. But anyway. Let me know what you think. Stories. Uh, interesting little anecdotes uh, where you experienced it. And um, things that you experience, I, I would love to hear about it. Uh, hit me up at uh, legionoflucas at gmail.com. And as always, uh, love, peace, and <laughs> a little bit less racism. Uh, Y'all have a good evening. Thank you for joining us.